0: All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 267 of the KISS FAQ podcast. Where's my fucking microphone? Um... I'm Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss you. Yep, it's going to be one of those shows. Uh, thank you for joining us. Let's see, I have with me today Marcus Almighty Mark. Greetings. St. Louis Kiss, Lonnie. Hello. And 69th Blizzard Ken. And after a little hiatus, I still remember all your names, so that's a very good sign. What news do we have to get through? I don't think there's a whole lot, well, unless you're in Cincinnati with two T's tonight. Um,
1: (laughs) I saw that.
0: As someone who is a purveyor of typos, I find hilarious. Um, Get one of those shirts. They're sure to be collectibles.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They really screw that up.
0: They did. There's two T's in Cincinnati on the shirt yep I wonder which city they're going to thank after the show. um let's okay. see purchases. Anyone had any recent purchases of notes that you'd like to share with everyone, even though you may to, may not have the actual item in front of you Mark, you've been busy. Mm-hmm. you're actually doing real music stuff, so
3: <laughs> I was going to say i didn't I haven't bought anything <laughs> like for a while i'm I'm sorely in need of going out to buy something Lonnie.
1: I have not, but the reason being is it Kiss is playing here on Sunday, so I will uh, my, so I will blow my load on Sunday on Kiss merchandise.
3: Smart thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, actually since you said that, um, I will add this in. I have bought some new merchandise. Uh, that, oh nice. That is not that's a that's a button which will be available to you at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. I've actually decided to go to that show after humming and hawing about it. I was sitting there about to buy the tickets one night, and I was going to buy the tickets. I couldn't bring myself to buy the tickets. And then the following day, I looked at the tickets, and uh, I'm like, i got to do it. So I'm going to go to the Staples Center, which means I've made some more of these fucking buttons, which says I was there at the Staples Center. I'm only doing 50 of these um, because they've been such a pain in the ass to hand out a hundred of them at the other shows that I just can't be bothered anymore. So I'll I'll hopefully find a few people, help chuck them into the audience. What
2: about... I'm sorry. What about the Oakland show? Did you make some for that?
0: I have a hundred for that, so I'm certainly going to need some fucking uh, help. You're going to need my help. So I'm going you know, to need yours and other people's help because we can make sure that everyone who attends the meet and greet will get one, and then um, you know hopefully some for oh cool yeah every, everyone else. I'll, I'll go down the line in the meet and greet and say. Have a button, have a button, have a button. At least you'll get something free at a kiss oh, show. i would get one then. Yay. Yeah. So that's all I've bought. Ken, have you added anything into your collection recently since our, uh, our last visit?
2: No, I, I don't think so.
3: No.
0: No? Well, you're all not. That was obviously. exciting. That yeah. was an exciting segment. You're yeah. all obviously not oh, yeah. real kiss fans. None of <laughs> us have anything to, to show off or to brag about except a, a beer and a button. All right, well, let's get into today's topic. And today is, you know, it's topical. Gene's birthday was on Sunday. He spent the day, I guess, in New York City, hanging out on street corners mm. with Paul Stanley, just yeah, like Fanny Pack. Just well, Paul <laughs> Stanley wasn't dressed like that in 1970. He's come a long <laughs> way from there. But Gene still looked badass and uh, had his family. I think they went bowling for a birthday party and oh, whatnot. Okay did their usual kind of stuff. So it was, uh, this episode's all about Gene, which uh, I think he probably says, well, every episode should be all about me. Well, <laughs> Today it really is. So we're just going to run through a gamut of questions related to Gene Simmons that are all kind of erring on the side of the positive. So if you're looking for a critical dissection of Gene's songwriting or his recycling or backbone slipping, you're on the wrong episode today. We'll have to uh, visit all of that later. So let's jump straight in for each one of us. And Lonnie, let's start with you. Your earliest memory of Gene Simmons. This was tough. I was thinking about this, and I was like, trying to
1: recall back, when's the first time I really... Saw Gene on, you know, outside of the album covers, you know what I mean? And it was when I was a kid, Channel 11 here in St. Louis had Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park on one Saturday afternoon. It was back in the day when, like, you know, your local TV station, they showed like three movies in a row just to kill some airtime on a Saturday afternoon. And they had Kiss Meets the Phantom on. And as a kid, I thought it was the most badass movie I'd ever seen. You know, until I saw it again when I was a teenager, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's terrible." But seeing Gene, it was like actually the first time I ever really saw the band live. Um, but my biggest takeaway from that, as a kid though, was the way Gene speaks in that movie with like the the lion roar type <laughs> vocals, and I was like, "Is that what Gene really sounds like?" Is the is like my earliest memory of Gene as a you know, like a like an eight or nine year old watching watching this movie. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so demonic! That's what he even sounds like. So that that's my first memory of Gene is watching Kiss Me, It's a Phantom in in the mid mid late '80s and and seeing that and thinking that's what Gene actually sounded like. As stupid as that sounds.
0: Awesome, Mark. What about
3: yeah. you? Uh, well, I uh, for most of these questions, I have to really sit down and think about. It, so I've made my notes for everything mm-hmm. um but uh actually my earliest memory of gene again goes back to my eldest sister and it goes back to the story that i think i told you guys a couple of times but my earliest earliest memory of gene is going into one of uh her friend's apartments when we used to live in this apartment building and they used to thumbtack their albums on the walls you know they take the vinyls out and leave the thumbtack like the covers on there because they thought Mm. it was awesome, you know, like the artwork and all. They did all the solo album covers. I remember it vividly, right? And the one thing I vividly remember was seeing Gene in that bloodied look on Alive 2. And the very first time I saw that, I I asked myself, who's that? You know, because, you know, a young kid, you see this guy all drenched in blood, and it it had a definite impact right away. And she, you know, she told me, oh, it's this. And then the guy who was there in the apartment building was like, hey, you want to hear some of it? So... He put on a live two, and that was one of those moments where it's like, "Wow, what is this?" You know, the loud audience and you know the the the, the explosive music. So, but that was my earliest uh, memory of Gene was was that a live two photograph.
0: Can't really go wrong with that. Ken, how about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, my first memory was probably forgettable because I didn't I didn't pay attention to the friend across the street, and I you know I didn't really. I thought, thought, what the hell is this (laughs) album cover of the first album cover? Uh, So I just blew that off. But then uh, two years later, um, my my friend showed me the Rock and Roll Over album cover. I thought that was cool. And then he played a little bit for me. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm hooked now. Um, So then uh, a little bit later after that, it was still it was 77 when I bought the Alive 2 uh, cover, that image of Gene on the cover, plus the booklet, I mean, inside and the other pictures of Gene. I thought, oh, wow, this is really, you know, cool stuff. The costumes are awesome and stuff like that. So that was the real first, at least, image. Otherwise, I think right after that, I started buying magazines like 16 and all those other magazines, rock and roll magazines that had – Things that I could paste up on the wall and stuff, until I got to finally see well live action, Kiss, and meets the Fen- you know the Phantom of the Park, which uh, which I saw when it debuted on TV, so that was the first time I really saw them there, uh, and then actually seeing some concert footage on that, um, until then later on '79 finally seeing them so, but really the live too was the big. Like Mark, that that image is just iconic for me. I thought, man, what the heck's going on with the blood and everything? So it was cool.
0: Yeah, you're all very lucky because obviously becoming a fan in 1985, my memory of Gene is the B. Arthur experience. Actually, if you think of the uh, Tears Are Falling video, you're like, Gene looks a bit like Kevin DeBrow uh and then you're like oh that's gene simmons well i didn't know who he was and i'm like oh look at paul stanley's fucking cool look at him swinging like tarzan and bruce playing guitar and eric behind the the drums well you know three of them are cool um but none of it really registered and you know as i started buying rock magazines and, and looking back yeah you automatically discover that when gene was in makeup He was kind of the face of the band and very Mm. photogenic with his expressions and sticking out his tongue. And, you know, even going back to 79, where I'd seen the kids in in makeup at the talent show when I first moved to America, none of them registered. My memories of that are all black leotards and tinfoil, not facial makeup designs or some kid with a short tongue trying to be all, you know, Jean, (laughs) which no doubt they would have done um, just because it was part of the shtick so yeah. gene for me is the b arthur experience and that simply is what he was in 1985 and you know what damn it i'm proud of that album of that era <laughs> of gene having the ball to get up on stage and put himself out there in photo shoots actually <laughs> dressed and looking like a overweight kevin debro so <laughs> th- 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 there we go sorry gene i love you um most importantly, I guess, moving on from that is what does Gene mean to you? And that's where you kind of place him in the band or his importance in that kind of role of Gene Simmons mm. bassist in KISS. Mm. And I and Mark, go.
3: Well, I, I was gonna say I kind of I kind of took that question a little bit differently. Like I I took it as what does he literally mean to me? So I kind of put it that actually, believe it or not, Gene Simmons. Is sort of an inspiration in one sense that from a business standpoint, like as a musician and a business person, I kind of find him inspirational because he's a guy who doesn't have any fear of trying new things. Like as far as like products and stuff like that, like he's he's put Kiss name on pretty much everything. And many bands and even like people like myself would probably think more than twice about putting our names on some of the stuff that he's put his name on but i find that sort of an inspiration in a way because you know he kind of makes you realize that you know what's the worst thing that can happen you know if it doesn't succeed you fail you just pick yourself up dust yourself off and move forward and just do something else again and try again and keep trying until and something will catch eventually it's it has for him i mean for every toilet paper roll that wasn't a success they had you know the pinball machines and the you know, the coffin was a success in his eye and stuff like that. So for all the things that didn't work out so great, you know, he, he kind of makes me realize that I shouldn't be afraid to try stuff that makes that, you know, that I might think twice about doing even with my own stuff, you know. So I, I really find him very inspirational that way. So Gene has been kind of important for me in that aspect.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm mm-hmm. going to follow on from the way that you took it, uh, because my story with Gene is very similar. We're both immigrants. One of us didn't come to this country legally. Um, But now that I am legal, uh, you, you you know what? He represents the American dream. And for someone who has come to this country from elsewhere, America is a country that it really can be said that it's true, that you are only limited by your own dreams and a bit of luck. Without a doubt, but in other countries, you know, there are class systems, there are social systems, there are other roadblocks that people encounter, which is why so many people leave those other countries and want to come to America. Gene embodies the greatest part of success when it comes to coming to America, that they basically arrive penniless. His mom worked very hard in a low-paying job to give him as much as she could, and he made the very most of it. Where he went with it, sure, it involves some luck along the way, meeting someone like Paul Stanley, meeting someone like Bill O'Coin, a Sean Delaney, a Neil Bogart, other people who would share the risk. But that's something that he's represented all throughout his career, that he's found other people with whom to share the risks and reap the benefits – And he's actually the smartest one because he's actually not reaped the failures in many cases because many of these projects that um, Mark mentioned that weren't successful, he didn't have a direct risk in. And that's the smartest business possible. If you're going to gamble, gamble with other people's money. So that's what Gene represents to me. He, He represents a dream, an ideal of anything being possible as long as you're willing to put in the hard work and, yeah, take some risks along the way. Lonnie, how about you? Yeah, I, I think that's
1: it's very true. It's kind of along the line where I was going, that Gene represents the American dream. He's the epitome of the American dream, that if you work hard and you're diligent, and you're right, Julian, you got to have a little luck along the way, but you can achieve you know, what, what you set your mind to and what and you can achieve your dreams. He's the epitome of the American dream, coming here penniless with, with his mom. And you know he's he is to me, especially as a kid and as a teenager, he was Kiss to me was Gene Simmons. Um, and as I've gotten a little older, I've become more of a Paul guy. Even though more than anything else, I, I can see that, that Paul really steers the ship. Especially since you know the farewell tour moving moving on, you can argue that it's you know before that Paul was really steering the ship for a long time before that. Um, but for me, as, as a kid and as, and as a teenager, Gene was always the face of Kiss, you know, the, the blood drooling, fire breathing, tongue waving demon. You know, and when people think of Kiss, he's the face of Kiss. He's the first thing most people think of when they think of Kiss. As much as we all on the show love Paul Stanley, the not the common fan or just a common person, the first thing they think of is Gene Simmons. Like a friend of mine. He goes well. Gene Simmons—he's the lead singer at Kiss, right? I'm like, well, not really. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, because he doesn't know. You know, he he might know two Kiss songs, yeah. and that might and that might be pushing it that he knows two Kiss songs. Um, but I mean, just the kind of person, Gene Simmons is the face of Kiss. He is Kiss. So so that's what Gene means to me more than anything else. He's he's the American Dream. He is you know not Dusty Roads, but he is he he's the epitome <laughs> of the American. <laughs> he is the epitome of the American dream, and he, he is the face of Kiss, and I, and I think fifty years from now, a hundred years from now, he will still be in most people's eyes the face of the band.
0: Holy shit! A wrestling reference that I actually got. That's awesome. <laughs> Lonnie's yeah. stupid eighties wrestling, wrestling reference that's come out every now and then. <laughs> Ken, to you, what does Gene mean to you? Well.
2: I agree. I, I mean, he does represent the American dream, like all you said. And um, just what strikes me is his ability, like, like Mark was saying, uh, it's the way he, he just throws out all ideas there and just to see if they stick. And if it fails, it fails. Big deal. He'll go on. he just push that aside and go to the next idea. Um the other thing is his his it's just his work ethic i mean the guy does not stop working i mean i think he must work every day i don't think i if he takes a vacation it's not a very long vacation and <laughs> i think he's taken maybe one or two as far as i know ever um but he's usually always has something going on every day um and he's probably doing on the phone, doing all kinds of business things every day, um, other ideas outside of KISS. Um, I, it's just, I, I just find it, it may, it tires me out just thinking about <laughs> him doing that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, how does he find the energy for that? And then KISS itself. So, I mean, he meant a lot to me. Uh, I mean, he is the face of KISS, like you guys said. Um, it's what I gravitated to first, you know, the bats, the horror, Dracula, uh, you know, a bat and a comic book. You know, I was into Batman. I mean, it just, I was like, I thought I had an infatuation with bats kind of thing because I like Batman. I like the bat makeup kind of thing and the wings. um It's just, just this whole, I, I don't know what it is his work ethic, like I said, and then his, you know, his education. I mean, it's just surprising that he was a teacher at one time. I mean, obviously he was very educated. Um, It's not like he just didn't work for it. He did. He did work for it and did what he needed to do to get where he is. Um, I think he was going to get there one way or another, whether it was with Paul or some other, in a rock and roller or whatever but um so I, you know i find him inspirational as far as you know what he, he does and what he what he tries to do um so i don't know i don't know what to say but he's, he's always been my favorite band member and it's always been you know a cool thing to to see what he's going to do next
0: yeah, I think everyone touched on a common theme when talking about what Gene means and the inspiration, that he's an inspiration. And I think when we distill it down, reduce it to the, the barest kind of uh, descriptor that an inspiration is a, a very appropriate one to use for Gene Simmons. Um, you know, here he is turning 70 years old. I mean, <laughs> you know, for a guy who's still getting up there every night, donning the armor, painting his face and putting on a show. What would the younger version of yourself, when you became a fan, think of Gene Simmons at 70, slathering Mm -hmm. on that makeup and hitting the stage and continuing to do, I mean, for some of us, (laughs) what he had done years before we became fans? So, Ken, I'll go back. As someone who was a fan in the originals era. I'll start with you. Yeah, I, I
2: would not, I would not, at that age, I would have not thought that it would be possible for him to be still you know, performing on stage with KISS. Uh, I, th- I, I think, I, I probably didn't think they were going to get past maybe 40 and still be doing it. Um, if that, uh, it's, you just you just don't think, at least back when you're younger like that, you think these bands are, and most bands don't last very long. So who knew that they were going to go as long as they could. But to just to think that, you know they're still doing it at 70. There's not a whole lot of bands like that out there that can still do that like they do. And to wear all that, I mean to put the makeup on before every show and the costume, it's it's got to be tedious. I mean, you got to get, get sick of it at some point, you know. I have to put the makeup on the gun and stuff, and, but it's, it's just amazing. That, and that's part of the work ethic, I guess.
0: Unless you um, have Eric but, Singer in the same room of you while doing it. Right. <laughs> yes, Cracking yes. jokes the whole time and
2: giving you a rash or shit. Right, yeah. I guess he gets some, uh, I don't know, something entertainment while you do it, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just can't. It's just, you know doesn't make sense that they're, they're still be able to do that, but uh, I wouldn't have imagined it, no, not at all.
0: Mark?
3: Well, um, I'm very sure that the younger me would not have foreseen this happening. I mean, back when I was uh, in some of my earlier bands, there was that whole kind of running motto I found amongst musicians that, you know, if you didn't make it by the time you were 30 then you had to just pack it in, like, as an independent musician. Like, you you had to just give up on it if you didn't do it by 30. And then, you know, in our eyes back then, any musician who was 50-plus was considered, like, a complete dinosaur. Like, I remember when when Rolling Stones went out and did the Steel Wheels tour. There used to be that gag we used to always talk about, saying that the Stones were on the Steel Wheelchair tour at that time, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, 30
0: years ago as well.
3: Yeah, you know what I mean? So... And that that was the mentality even back then. But like I was thinking and I kind of find this interesting now is, I mean, I'm in my 40s now and I have lots of energy and lots of, you know, willingness to continue doing music. So that kind of opinion is obviously showing my age back then how naive I was to how much, you know, or how far you can continue to do this stuff. I mean, if I'm 70 years old, I don't know if I'll be doing it still. Right. But I mean, I'm amazed that they that they're able to do it for this long. And I mean, you made a good point, Julian, on the board where you said that you know the the sacrifices some of these people have done to do this. I mean, you know, how many body parts has Paul sacrificed to do this? And you know, look at all the look at uh, Gene as far as his family. You know, his his family situation. You know, touring and doing stuff. You know, he's constantly surrounded by women, and the way he was, you know, he almost lost Shannon at one point. You know, there's lots of things. That you know, rock and roll does that. Uh Away from your, you know. As far as I'm concerned, I just, you know, he's. I'm just surprised this long. So good for them.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. I'll, I'll echo everything that you said. I, younger me, never thought about them rocking and rolling into their dotage as they so clearly have. I, I just never thought that way. It was always about the now. Oh, what will they be doing, you know, a little bit down the road or not? Um, I, I never kind of projected way forward, but, you know, Keith Richards, you know, redefined <laughs> that uh, 70s, the new 50, or in his case, 700. Um, So, and anything is possible. And, and long may he do what he feels healthy enough and happy enough to do. That's all that kind of matters to me. I, I'm not going to, you know, think about five years, six years, whatever. None of it's important. I've had All I know is that I've had more Kiss than I ever would have imagined. I never thought I'd be a fan of something to this level, you know, 30-something years on after I became a fan. And for many Kiss fans, that's approaching 50 years, 45. That, that, that's a hell of a longevity to be around. Lonnie, your thoughts on this before I move on?
1: it's interesting because in 1996 and I was a senior in high school, I remember guys in in school telling me that, ah, kiss, you know, they're, they're old, man. Listen, listen to Metallica or listen to Bush or whatever the hell they were listening to at the time. (laughs) And kiss is old. And that was, that was a long time ago. And and you know, in back, you know, somebody tells you something enough, you start believing that maybe it's true. I mean, no matter no matter what it is, somebody tells you something enough, you start thinking well, maybe they have a point. But in 2000, when they did the fair, you know they did farewell tour in 2000, and then they came back in 03, I just felt so lucky in 03. Even though Ace wasn't there and it was Tommy, you know, and people were trying to wrap their heads around that, I just felt so lucky at the time that I was getting one more tour out of them. And then in 2004, when they came back in Rock Nation, I just felt, you know, Peter was gone, but with Eric, and I was like, oh, it's okay, because I feel so lucky that I'm getting a, another tour out of them, because I really bought into the whole farewell tour thing in 2000, like a lot of us did. And I thought, oh, well, it's okay, because, you know, I'll, I'll take it, because this kiss is better than no kiss. And I took every time that I saw, like in 03, I saw him once, 04, I saw him twice. And, you know, I just took it as like, oh, this is just bonus. This is just icing on top because who knows, you know, how many more times I'm going to get to see him because, you know, two, three, five years from now, not, you know, there might not be anything going on. It might be over. You know, then 09 came around, right? I saw him five times in 09. So you know what? Two, three years from now, five years from now, there might not be anything going on, you know? And and here we are, 10 years from 2009, 10 years from Sonic Boom. And we're on the end of the road tour. And you know what, guys, we might not get another farewell tour. So we have to take advantage of this kind of
0: shit. <laughs> you got to grab that's the right. opportunities when they <laughs> arise. Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. So that's kind of some of the deeper thoughts uh, of these questions. Let's go a little bit rapid fire into some of these other ones. Lonnie, straight back to you. What's your favorite Gene song? Mm. Should not require a lot of thinking. It should it be straight off the, the of,
1: It depends on the day of the week. That's a that's a very difficult. Well, question. No,
0: no doubt we'll do another episode about it. So right it now, depends, it depends, right here, right now,
1: to give me a choice right this second. I'm going to say War Machine. I don't Ooh. care if you guys think it's worn out in the set list. I love War Machine. Nice, Ken. And I'm probably going to punch my brother in the shoulder when they go on the War Machine on Sunday night. <laughs> Freaking love.
2: <laughs> I'm going to say, just for the purpose of it, was kind of my first song I, I liked by kiss uh, is calling dr.
0: love it's <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice riff. mark I have to say the
3: same thing calling dr love
0: yeah yep yeah, I'm going with the same one it always is you can all guess I know what deuce. it is deuce. yeah deuce. yeah deuce it's my it, it's my my gene song it's my kiss yeah. song for that matter it is yeah. the song will always be all right <laughs> straight back Lonnie the album where you think gene is the mvp
1: it's very predictable where gene for me where gene is it's tough because there's a couple different answers to this but for me if i had the answer again right away it's revenge it always is his songs on revenge are awesome there's no question about it he and you guys you guys will sit here we talk about revenge you be like oh well you know the paul songs are kind of clunky though but the gene songs are excellent there's no denying that so it's revenge for me all the way I'm shocked. I'm amazed. I know it's so unbelievable.
3: Uh, <laughs> I I went with the '78 solo album. I think that that is where he is the MVP. So, it was it was his idea. Well, certainly not all know. on that album. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, but in the sense that he's the mastermind of it. You know, he it it very much seems like a record that he had absolute total control over, and if he was in total control.
0: We got there. You're, you're, you're line, the of <laughs> course. It went scratchy there. Oh, God. Ro- God. Robot, robot, Mark. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> all right. For me, uh, this might surprise you. Uh, I chose Love Gun. Because Dean had, to me, four great songs on there. With Christine 16, Got Love for Sale, Almost Human, Plaster Caster. Those are Gene songs that epitomize his writing style and catchy hooks that he you know he comes up with and great riffs. um I think Paul had three songs on the album which which may be a surprise he only had three songs on love Gun, even though he sang uh then she kissed me or whatever and that that's a that's not his song really yeah. even though he sang it but this is this may be the only album that has Gene has more songs, uh, written songs on it, than, uh, than Paul. So, anyway, I think that's is strong... I mean, I had a short list, maybe, you know, Elder, Revenge, Carnival, Souls, those are other kind of ones, I, I, I feel, but i pick Love Gun.
0: Yeah, good picks. Um, you know, I could easily go with Revenge for the exact same reasons that Lonnie kind of described in, uh, in his pick, but you know what? I, I think I've got to go with The Elder for Gene when you take the songs that he contributed to that album, I, yep. A World Without Heroes, which is you know primarily him built on the mm-hmm. melody that Paul mm-hmm. came up with, and uh, Only mm-hmm. You. I think Only You is what really nails it. And, of course, you got Mr. Blackwell, which is straight-in character um, written for the kind of theme. So in in terms of being a player what he brings to those above and beyond what Paul creates with his artistry. Just right now, today, as as Lonnie said, you know, ask us again in five minutes. You might get a different answer. Um, Gene Simmons, the elder. I'll I'll never pick him for Carnival Souls. That will always be Bruce. All right. So um, going back to a little bit of a theme that I kind of described in my first kind of memory of Gene being his look. Um, what do you think Gene's best look in makeup and out of it? And that is in a non biblical mm-hmm. asking of the question is. So, uh, you know, what's your favorite Gene costume and his best look out of makeup? Lonnie. His best look from best, the best
1: Gene ever looked in makeup was Destroyer. I love the Destroyer outfit with 76 Gene and the way he did the 76 makeup. Before it got really big, and now it's really kind of goofy looking almost. But the set, the way he did the makeup in '76, and the way that armor fit him in '76 on a little bit, of, little bit of a slimmer Jean, I think is the best look he ever had in makeup. That for that time period, the Destroyer rock and roll over era Jean mm-hmm. it's my favorite look for Jean. So makeup wise, costume wise, non makeup wise. I mean, I mean, it's obviously revenge because it's finally where they figured out how Kiss was supposed to look without makeup. Mm
0: -hmm. Martin, how about you?
3: Well, um, I have to agree with Lonnie about the out of makeup. I think revenge was, you know, the Gene Simmons at his most coolest look. He had the, you know, the the scruff and the mustache beard thing going on. So um, I think he definitely looked like, you know. uber cool demon then even though he wasn't in any kind of makeup then so that was really cool i think he he captured his character without having to use makeup so um i think that's really cool but my favorite makeup look for gene is actually creatures of the night i really love that outfit that he wore then i I think it looks really really cool a lot of pointy stuff and you know and, and, and really I really like that costume. It always seems to, to stick in my memory that that costume, and I, I think just overall his look looked really strong in that. I mean, and I think especially coming off of the uh, the elder when he looked kind of different uh, in retrospect to how he looked before. I think it was nice to see him back in something a little bit more heavy metal ish.
0: Excellent, Ken.
2: Well, the live two, the makeup, uh, the live two makeup. That era when they were live, the way he was doing the makeup, extended down, longer makeup. uh, It just looked, you know, pretty darn evil, uh, which was cool. Um, But I I do agree with Mark about the costume, um, Creatures of the Night, I think is a fantastic costume. It was great. And what it is, it's it's a hybrid costume. I mean, it, it has the elder elements to it, plus the armor from from prior, um, even, you know, from similar armor in certain mm-hmm. cases, you know, bringing back that destroyer type armor in a way. Um, and then the new boots with those, uh, those, well, the boots that had those like spikes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. spiky stuff or, um, uh, on it and that sort of thing. So yeah, that was a great, great costume. Um, and then and out of makeup, I agree. Um, revenge is the Is the one where he kind of found his look uh, that he should have had, or something similar that he should have had throughout the '80s.
0: Yeah, for me, it's um, in makeup. It's the first pictures that I ever saw of Gene, uh, you know, in '85 when they put pictures of Gene in makeup in magazines. It was usually creatures. So, mm-hmm. that, that for me, again, because of my connection <laughs> with it, is what looks best. But I do agree also with, uh, I think it was Lonnie and 76, Gene, uh, being a total badass. Out of makeup, it's, uh, <laughs> You know, it'd be too easy to say revenge, but when I think of Gene out of makeup, I always get an image of her wearing that fucking blue flannel type shirt with a pair of black leather pants, go look hot at in the shade. Yeah, hot in the shade. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, was, when I when I was backstage in 2000, Gene was back there wearing black leather pants, that blue shirt, eating cake <laughs> out of a freaking thing without a spoon. So that that to me, uh, I I love it. I mean that that that's kind of. That era, that I was really becoming kind of a bit more of a hardcore fan. So I'll I'll go with that.
2: That was one of his best wigs too, uh, Hot in the Shade.
0: That's an impressive wig if it's a wig. I think
2: it's the wig. I I think it is impressive. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so it's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your 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 rating? We're rating rating, uh, wigs. What's your favorite version of Cheverus? I think it was referred to at one point. Um, Well, talking about things like that, acting roles. What do you think is Gene's best acting role that he's undertaken or something that you're guilty of enjoying watching him do far more than you ought to admit to, Lonnie? Dr. Charles Luther in
1: Runaway is probably my favorite acting role for Gene. He's the villain the the role just kind of fit him better than anything else I think he's ever done in an acting role. So I I enjoy that more than anything else that he's done. <laughs> so and maybe maybe by default more than anything else, but I think I think the role for him in that movie just just fit him, and he he picked the right movie to to
3: debut on. Mark. Well, this is gonna sound lame, but I have an explanation. Um, my favorite well, my favorite thing that I've seen him in as far as acting is the Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Why? Because it's the only thing that I've seen him in. I've never seen any of the other movies he's been in. I've never seen Runaway, I've never seen any of those other ones. Because to be honest, when I after I saw (laughs) the Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, I was like wasn't too overly impressed, you know, when I was younger whoa, with it. Whoa, so, whoa. so <laughs> no, but but then because of that, I, I'd had no oh, interest shit. in seeing any of these other ones, like that terror one or that one where he got dressed up as a woman, or any of these other ones. Yeah, I, I, I I had no like desire to see any of these other movies. Like Runaway, I kind of thought about maybe sometime if it comes on TV, I'll see it, but I've never seen it on you know TV here in Canada ever. But, you know, maybe if it comes on one day, maybe I'll we'll check it out. But until then, Kiss Meets the Pandem is the only thing I've ever seen him do.
0: Aren't you lucky, Ken?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to
2: agree with uh, Lonnie um, with uh, Runaway. Um, that was the first time we really seen him act, I guess, um, not counting Kiss Meets the Phantom Park or him acting on stage. Um, but the, a close second was Never Too Young to Die, where he's playing, the, you know, von or Belden. whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, it was such a crazy role. Uh, it was just, it was comical, really, to see him stretch out and do what he was doing uh, in that movie. But uh, I still, Runaway is the one to go to for me.
0: Yeah, mine is, of course, The Terrorist. Wanted Dead or Alive, Raham Mm -hmm. Al-Malik or whatever. Uh, No, Malik Al-Rahim. So, yeah, just because of the ending Uh, sequence. I never liked Runaway. I never... I didn't say I liked the movie. Well, no, we're not... I'm not giving it tomato (laughs) rankings, you know, or anything. It's it's just, I really liked that sequence. I liked him playing the really bad guy. but, But, I mean, I also liked him in Miami Vice, so... You know, Mm -hmm. he's done a couple of things that are, well, slightly less challenging than the others. But, um, you know, and I'm surprised none of you picked the Grotis screen test because that really would have been putting it out there. But there you go. Let's move on from this rapidly (laughs) as we're keeping this positive. All right. What's the uh, current set song that he still slays the most for you? Current or the most recent tour that you've seen in, in concert? Um and the Gene song that you really... It's your one song that you've got to hear in concert. And you also know that you're likely to hear. Mark?
3: Um, well, I think that he's always inconsistently slayed Deuce. I think that's one of his strongest songs live that he's ever done. And, uh, you know, like most people say, there is a the Kiss concert isn't complete without Deuce nowadays. So i definitely say that that's a, a one that he slays. And one the song that I would say that I always kind of look forward to is God of Thunder, even though he doesn't always do it, but I'm always happy when he does do it. It's kind of, you know, even though he didn't write it, it's just such a Gene song. He so embodies it so well. I think that's a fantastic song.
0: Nice. Ken, how about you?
2: You know, I'm going to totally agree with Mark on this one. Um, Right. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Deuce, for sure. Uh, yeah, he plays it. I mean, he have been playing it forever. Uh, he sings it still like it's, you know, it, like he hasn't sung it that many times. It's amazing. Mm. You know, keeps it fresh as it can be. Um, and then, yeah, God of Thunder. I mean, it's, it's kind of the, even though he didn't write it, I mean, it's his signature song. And the way he performance, performs it is, is fantastic. And uh, I I wouldn't want to go without having that one in the show.
0: Nice. Lonnie.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be boring and, and echo <laughs> with what these guys are saying because I think Deuce is so great live and it works so well early in the set list. I, don't, I didn't really care. I didn't really care for it when they were doing it in the middle of the set list. It really mm-hmm. seemed like it was just crammed in there when they were doing it in the middle. It always seems to be the first song or maybe the second song like they're doing it now um but it it sound it's so it's so great and so energetic when they do it live it's just fantastic and god of thunder his should should always be in the set he shouldn't drool blood before i love it loud he should always drool blood <laughs> before god of thunder i mean it's, it's just it, it's just common sense and i love the way they do it now with the pods and and that and like yeah. jeans like all over the stage so um those two songs i mean it, they're you can't have a kiss concert without those two songs
0: Nice and not. I'll just go for obviously the obvious song which is my got to have in a set song Deuce, uh, I will say however that I really thought that he slayed Calling Dr. Love the last time I saw them, mm. and it was really nice to hear that on kind of full power Simmons' demon vocals because he's been in great form this tour um, and the band's performance has been excellent but Deuce is that one song let's move on to some moments you know when has Gene surprised you the most? And there, there's mm-hmm. no definition to this. It, should, it can be anything that he's done yeah. um, that that's kind of just made you either take a step back or you say, wow, he did that really well. <laughs> Mark? Well,
3: I have to admit, the one moment that really surprised me, because for years and years and years and years, he was so adamant that this would never happen, was the moment he got married to Shannon Tweed. That, to me, was the big moment that shocked me like you know because i was a big watcher actually of family jewels at that time someone that episode was being hyped that it was coming up that he's getting married i was like wow really like the man who swore never ever to get married is gonna get married and when they showed that scene of him getting down on his one knee and proposing and all that i was like wow like i can't believe it like he's actually doing it so that to me actually Really surprised me. And I actually have some respect for him that he did that because it just shows that, you know, even somebody like Gene like that can, you know, turn around and, you know, rethink things and maybe go a different route.
0: Yep, that's, that's a great one. And uh, I, I actually had access to A&E servers back when that was all happening. It was really fun to watch them putting together the promos, selecting the clips that were they were trying to use to tease um, the audience. So that that was a very neat one. Lonnie, how about you? When has Gene shocked you?
1: Gene really surprised me recently when he attached his name to um, the medical marijuana in Canada. Um you know, Gene has, you know, been an advocate for years about about, you know, I've, I've never been I've never done drugs. You know, I've never drank alcohol. I've never done anything like this. And to attach his name to that, I think I think really shocked a lot of people, including me. But and then Gene kind of explained himself about, it. you know, I, that he that he's read some of the benefits um, that are attached to it. And it, it just goes back to kind of like what, what Mark said too. you know, you may be set in your ways, but you know, we're, we're always, you know, growing and we're always changing and we're always learning. And no matter how set you may be in your ways, you know, new information presents itself and it can take something that you've been so set one way and new information and, and can, can change your mind. You know, that that's, that's called life. Yeah. So, um, that's that's what really surprised me more than anything else. I mean, I'm not I'm not a marijuana user or anything like that, but to, to have Gene, who has been so adamant one way, become educated about the medical benefits of marijuana to come out, not only to say, is it
0: OK, but then to attach his name to it. Really shocked the hell out of me more than anything else. Yeah. Yep, and ditto me. That, that, that was going to be my pick because I, I was <clears throat> absolutely aghast when he did that, mainly because I believe that there aren't enough clinical studies that have been done for him to even be pegging his name to it. I think he's no longer a part of that. Oh really? Um, I think recently mm-hmm. that he has departed it. However, there have been too many cases of people with MS uh, finding medicinal benefits for me to immediately shirk it off simply because I don't think there's the standard of medical testing. I think what we've opened up a door to, and hopefully Gene's, you know, name being associated with it, which will outlast his actual ability, is that there will hopefully be far more studies done now. Um, under pro- concern, proper circumstances that do hopefully uh, prove beyond reasonable doubt that there are benefits to all these things that people have been saying for many years. So it, yeah, that surprised me tremendously. And I hope for those people who uh, do gain benefit from it, that it does continue to go in the path uh, of continuing to pro- provide them health benefits from something that's been looked down upon as, you know, just purely recreational to this time. Um, Ken, how about you?
2: Yeah, kind of, you know, two things. Uh, One is uh, Gene getting married, which was after all the years he was totally against what he said, the institution, I guess, um, that he finally did it. I mean, again, that's another instance of him, you know, learning and growing uh, after a while and finally realizing, you know, what it can do to, you know, your kids you know your lifestyle what you can do to your kids and and so on and, and with him about to lose shannon too i mean he had to you know grow up right and i think he even said that so the other and the other thing i would say was surprise is his 78th soul album when i when i got that and brought that home i wasn't expecting a lot of that uh beetle stuff or right you know, you're
1: expecting god of thunder and almost human over and over and over <laughs> yeah and i mean that.
2: expecting what you what i've heard you know kiss the prior records it's a it's like oh wow you know and and that wasn't a bad surprise to me i thought it was a cool surprise because i enjoyed it i i really really loved that album i've always loved that um it's just so you know the variety of it uh is so cool And the music is, it works. Uh, It's different than the normal Kiss stuff, but it still worked for me. So that's the other surprise.
0: Nice, good picks all around. All right, so um, Lonnie, what's your favorite extra Kiss project that Gene's been involved in? Um, It can be bands that he's fostered or produced or other, you know, books that he's done or, or whatever. Just something outside of Kiss with only his name attached to it
3: um
1: i liked the the gene simmons money bag clothing line that he came out with back in the early 2000s it was kind of goofy um but i have one of those button-down shirts with the money bags all over my oh. wife my wife hates it she can absolutely not stand it so sometimes you know i, I put it on just to show myself off in it a little bit you know see anything you like honey yeah, you not know, like, you come near me so <laughs> you know I I I like that though I thought that I thought that the money bag logo Gene Simmons is just like it's like perfect I mean could you mm-hmm. could you outside of the makeup itself can you um, can you think up a better logo for Gene Simmons than a money bag so like you mm-hmm. know I have the button-down shirt I got the like a polo that has a little money bag on it you know and I think I got a, I like a big towel that has a money bag on it too. You know, it's like man, we're just really just blow money for the hell of blowing money on kiss shit back in those days. So, so I have like all I have like the whole line of all that stuff, and I, I just thought that was really cool. And it's like have it's like wearing a kiss shirt or having a kiss product without having a kiss product at the same time. So I really thought that was I thought that was one of the cooler ideas that he that he came up with, and I
0: really hitched my wagon to it back in the day when he was doing that. Nice. So this uh, Sunday night you can find Lonnie wearing his money bag shirt. I might. I might throw it on. So I
1: get home around midnight and got a few beers in me.
0: Hey, honey. Come back. <laughs> You'll be on the porch.
2: <laughs> um, for me, um, it would be um, the vault. The vault. Uh, I think it is just a Something that was surprising that he was gonna do put out there. i mean it's semi surprising it's not i mean again that's another idea he threw out there um but I'm glad he did and I really enjoyed the music on the vault um and and the the experience the all experience that you know we had in l a uh, was just very very fun and cool and I, it could have been the best vault experience, in, in my opinion. Um, uh, we just got lucky that those extras, you know, showed up at ours. Um, but uh, yeah, the vault, the vault music, the book that comes with it, the the, the goodies, you know, the special item that you get. So it, it was just it's just a cool thing, and I'm glad he did it. Um, it's just showed that you know he's willing to put something out there, say, Hey, these are d- demos. And, you know, if you want to, you know, check them out, check them out. You know, it's some of his music that just didn't make kiss albums for, you know, some they're not kiss like, and some are kiss like that should have been on kiss albums, but, uh, I really enjoy the music. Most of the music on those 11
0: CDs. Nice. Good pick. Mark, how about you? I kind of
3: had two things that I kind of enjoyed. Um, the one thing that I really enjoyed was the fact that he did the whole family jewels series. I think mm-hmm. that him letting us into his inner world was something that I didn't expect ever to see. <clears throat> he seemed like a very private person and for us to be allowed into his home. I mean, obviously some of it is scripted or most of it is scripted, sure. but still to have him <laughs> but, to ha- but to have, oh. you know, access into, into, into his world <laughs> is, you know, something that you didn't get to ex- expect to see. I mean, I, I, I thought it was cool that we got to see like his office with all that kiss memorabilia oh, and yeah. stuff like that. That was always something that was awesome to see or to even see his home. Like, I mean, he's been very proud about it in his book, saying how he bought the land and then he, he bought the house and then he ex- totally renovated it and expanded it. So he was always proud of his home. So it was nice to be able to see that, you know, up close and personal. And uh, the other thing that I kind of, didn't mind I mean I, I only had one or two issues of this was the tongue magazine mm. um, and I kind of was always trying it was hard to find here in Canada when it was out but uh you know it was interesting I mean sure it has always gene J- slant on things uh, in the magazine because obviously it's his magazine but I, I thought it was interesting that he even branched himself out into that sort of field as well like I said before he wasn't afraid to try many different things and a magazine was one of the things as well
0: great picks and you know you touched on one that i was thinking about you know family jewels and i think Lonnie's mentioned it in the past how it kept kiss visible during mm-hmm. a time when they really needed it the most so i thought about that i thought about the vault as well but i think when it comes down to me being purely selfish gene simmons band because that that totally scratched several itches for me as a fan. It brought a lot of the rarities out onto the stage. It allowed Gene to kind of work on you know carrying an audience for the whole show something else that's been paul's role for you know the majority of kiss's career you know uh 73 it would have been peter a little bit more but it made gene the front man and made him perform some stuff that he would never otherwise have performed which we're all able Mm -hmm. to listen to and benefit from so i guess in, in thanking gene for his uh my favorite extra kiss project of his i gotta f- thank phil jeremy and brian for making him perform some of those songs because uh i know it wasn't easy in a- always but I also know that Gene would never have done anything that he didn't want to do so when he got up there and did Charisma or Naked City or I don't think he'd make Naked
2: City. Yeah,
0: she's a European. Naked City is one that we still have to hope for in the future so you know there was so much good stuff done I'm glad I flew to Edmonton to actually see that band while it was going it was worth every minute so even above the vaults When I say it's about the music, it always is about the music for me, but actually getting to see it when um, otherwise might not have been the case because it wasn't that easy to experience the Gene Simmons band. All right, so uh, favorite merchandise, favorite Gene Simmons merchandise that you've purchased? Mm -hmm. Mine is The Vault and The Vault Experience, so Ken mentioned that on On his response, again, we got lucky. It was the first one. It was an outlier. It had so much good stuff, as the first one should, that um, you know, here I am seeing the praises of it all these years later. Mark, what would be your favorite piece of jean merchandise that you've had in your collection or that you would like to have in your collection?
3: Um, My favorite thing, actually, to be honest, is his second book that he did. Um, I really enjoyed that book because he has a lot of stuff in there that he talks about, like some some of the uh, you know early mock-ups of some of the products that he was doing and stuff like that. I really really liked that book. He went into a lot of detail about stuff, and he also talked about the conventions and how Tommy Thayer helped organize it and the, the, his whole thinking of how they organized all these things. You know, and I thought that was really interesting how he would go really deeply into it I, because it was a lot more business oriented that book. I really enjoyed that book and I've read it quite a few times. I I, I really like going back to that book and just seeing what, uh, things, you know,
0: can just refresh in my mind from his past. Nice. Agreed. Totally. Ken, how about you?
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you, uh, Julian about the vault. And one of the reasons is, you know, again, the music, the whole thing with it, um, and, and then what made it, you know, put it over the top for me was, you know, the gift they give. So, you know, this is what really makes
0: the the difference for me. I don't like so. that. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> first, first in line at the first yeah. vault, got a watch. Third yeah. in line at the first vault, got a Gene Simmons demon shell. Second in line, <laughs> got an empty vault. <laughs> <laughs> get yeah. nothing which you'll get Keith, nothing in like it which Keith and ran to get stuff for it so you got a show wow yeah so that I mean that
2: is you'll get nothing in like it so that, that whole thing so that's my I mean it's a costume piece so it's 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 my favorite piece of, of uh, whatever you're gonna call it, memorabilia yeah
0: nice <laughs> I'm happy
1: for you. <laughs> That is the true epitome of, well, you never know what's going to be in these vaults. Look, Ken got a boot, Julian got nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Ronnie, It's all random. Um, my, my favorite piece of G merchandise is my axe bass. When people come over and they come into my mm-hmm. kiss room, and that axe bass is – and there are two other Paul Stanley guitars, but that axe bass is like such an eye-catcher. People are like, oh, my gosh, look at that. You know, people who might not even know Kiss or that Gene plays in x bass sees that x bass, and it's it's so stunning. People see that and they're like, wow, look at that. That is badass.
3: I didn't even know so, you had one. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, it's a,
1: it, it is a showstopper. Have so, you plugged it in ever? Oh gosh, yeah. I can. You should. You should hear me, Mark.
3: Oh. No, I'm. I'm just curious yeah. like if you have, if actually heard Maybe. it. I, I heard they, they, they. sound pretty good, actually. You know? I'm sure. I'm sure it sounds sure great your wife with someone it.
1: else. Yeah, she loves it when like. Check this out, Mike. I'm sure it sounds really wear great. Wear his shirt. I wear my Jean Simmons shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna change my profile picture on the on the FAQ to me in my Gene Simmons money bag shirt playing my X bass. Damn yeah, right. Uh, we we expect <laughs> to see that know.
0: very soon. I love it.
1: <laughs> it's coming to the FAQ soon. Um No, I mean it's just shows you don't want to hear me play it, but if I had if I had time to practice it, I'm sure it'd be better, but I just don't have time. Um but no, it's, it's it's such a showstopper. It's so it's so iconic. That X bass is just so iconic and it's so I mean I mean it's so gene- it's so recognizable for gene. So that's my by far my favorite.
0: That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you learn something. You do a show with someone for five years, and I, you, you learn something new every day. <laughs> you find out that they have a Gene Simmons bass. Is it signed? No. We well, got to get it signed, mm-hmm.
1: man. I tried. I, t- I I uh I did a meet and greet in in Detroit back in 2010, so I brought it with me. And prior to those, prior to that meet and greet, I'd seen like an 04. I'd seen, you know, people backstage, and they're signing instruments, you know? So I'm bring my ex bass going to get it signed. Here I come, walking up. They're like, he's not going to sign instruments. Nope, don't sign instruments. So I'm like, what? I've seen people get signed instruments signed before backstage. Nope, new fine print. They won't sign instruments. So I mm. lug the ex-base around with me the whole concert, and I didn't even get it signed.
0: I'd be like, but I'd be like all SpongeBob, but it's a Gene Simmons bass. But what the it's fuck? It's Gene Simmons bass. I'm but not going to sell it. It's probably going to be buried with me. I'm never going to sell it.
1: Wow. And I get it. And I get it. People were spending a thousand dollars on their meet and greet and getting a guitar sign and then turn around and making a profit off it. And the last thing Gene wants someone wants to see is someone making a profit off of his name. Yeah. I get
0: it. All right. So, Mark, I didn't cover you yet on this. Oh, no, I did the book. Hmm. Okay. Book. All right. Yeah. Well, we have one question left, unless any of you have any that you want to throw out there for the rest of the group crickets okay uh, Gene Simmons finest moments encompassing all of his well now eight decades what is to date Gene Simmons finest moment for you and Mark I'll just go straight back to you
3: <sighs> finest moment Um, I don't know I, I was thinking long and hard about this like what do I think that uh, you know Gene could hang his hat on I mean, obviously, he can hang his hat on his musical career and all the things that he's done. But I, I think that one of his finest moments is when he started becoming involved with the with the military and for the soldiers who are wounded, wounded soldiers. I think that when he started getting involved with that, I think that really showed a different side of Gene Simmons, the, the side that really didn't just care about money for himself, that he thought he cared about other people and helping them out. And make trying to make their lives that much better, and he's a big supporter of the military, as we know, because uh, he loves this country and he you know he knows it needs to be defended, right? So the the soldiers to him are always being people that he holds in high esteem. So I think that if anything, I think that he deserves to have you know a shining light on him for it. it's his support of the wounded soldiers.
0: That's awesome. I mean, as someone who came from Israel, he knows about the importance of having a military that does protect you and he's yeah. uh you know projected that onto the respect that he shows the american vets and active service personnel that's a, that's a fantastic pick lonnie gene simmons finest moment
1: you know um hearing what mark just said i don't i don't think i can sit here and say that gene simmons finest moment is his solo album or or the way he played bass on jungle on Carnival Souls if if that even is Gene, that's another argument. But um or his bass playing in general or or anything, or you know, the way he made the guitar sound on, on Creatures of the Night, I think Mark brings up an excellent point that Gene's finest moment is really the way he has given back to um the military. And at every turn, every interview if Gene has the opportunity to say something positive about America's military he takes it and runs with it. Um, and as as a person who who comes from a strong military background, that takes the cake for me. That his his devotion and his appreciation of America's military and his willingness to stick his neck out for it and and pump his fist in the air for it every single opportunity he gets is so commendable. That it doesn't get and it and it doesn't get appreciated
0: enough. Yeah, I mean, what what the hell can one add to any of that? I mean, right. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's the ultimate pro-American. He's a cheerleader for everything that is great about this country, through hard times, through great times. He brings it back to where it is real. He's a poster boy for immigrants that you can come to this country, and become an American icon, because mm-hmm. he is the face of Kiss. No matter, no matter how much we love Paul Stanley as the heart of Kiss, and you know that uh, kind of hurts me to say that Gene will always be the face of the band. That if you show a picture, they'll know who it is. This is Gene Simmons. They'll probably even know his name, which is mm-hmm. absolutely American. And he came from a small independent country that was fighting mm-hmm. for its life and has become a popular icon, a pop culture icon in. You know what is invariably the greatest country in the world. Sorry, Canada. You're just the nicest. <laughs> you're just the nicest people. All right. Yeah. The politest. Um. But but, but you know it, it's it's impossible for me to go further than that either because again his fine finest moment is what he embodies, hopes, dreams, possibilities. Ken.
2: Yeah. I, I mean I have to agree with all of you on that. Um. It's the when he brings up. And talks about America and the in the American dream. Um, he talks about the American dream. Talks about being the luckiest guy on on earth, having come here, and had all the opportunities. Um, and he does talk about the military, current military, and the militaries that came before, who fought in, in prior wars uh, to give us our freedom that you know that we have. So and you can see he gets he gets choked up when he starts talking about that stuff. He really believes in America and, you know, the constitution the whole bit. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's his finest moment when I see him just letting them go. And he's not talking about kiss or promoting anything else. He's promoting America and how he feels about, Uh, America and and the opportunities that that uh, that he got from you know coming here as an immigrant. So yeah, I mean there's really nothing more to say other than that.
0: Yep, he's never forgotten the gift that you receive when you come to this country. That I can echo. He's the band's Iron Man. He's the last man standing. (laughs) He's the only member of Kiss to have performed every single concert the band has ever performed. Paul Stanley missed one. To date, mm-hmm. you know, so where Paul's kind of the bionic man, he's been surgically repaired and enhanced from all these incidents <laughs> of him running into obstacles on stage and look at him on tour, wearing knee braces. Yeah, Which, which you can see. Gene is still mm-hmm. standing proud. <laughs> loud and proud. So, um, final words is just um, a personal birthday message for Gene. Gene, I want to thank you for embodying everything that is positive about the United States of America, about realizing your dreams and the importance of having a dream, the importance of getting up when you've been knocked down, never surrendering, never giving up, and standing for what you believe in. That's what I get. Thank you, Gene. Happy birthday. Mark.
3: Yeah, Happy birthday, Gene. Thanks for the music. Thanks for the important lessons learned through your books and through your various interviews and stuff like that. Uh, I know it's made me a better musician and a better person. So uh, happy 70th and hopefully many more years ahead.
1: Lonnie. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Gene. Thanks for being such a great influence on my life and for all the music and the good times. And can't wait to see you Sunday night for one more show.
0: Hallelujah. Ken. Ken.
2: Yep, happy 70th birthday, Gene! Thank you for all the music, all the great concerts that you've given us over the years. Uh, thank you for for just working, you know, and, and giving the fans giving the fans what they want. Um, I look forward to meeting you again uh, coming up at uh, the open concert, and and I look forward for more. Music, whether it's Kiss or hopefully your own music, in the years to come, and whatever else you decide to to do, um, the best of luck to you.
0: Well, that's our. It's all about Gene episode. Two just last pieces of uh, kind of news is um, do check out the the first episode of Podkistry. That's um, an audio biography of the band. If you think of the Kiss album focus, well, I completely rewrote it after I found a couple of dozen typos in the first two paragraphs. Um, But it's read by Ken Mills. And it starts. Um, the first episode is all about Peter Chris and his pre-kiss history. And that was the last episode that I I put up on the FAQ channel. So do check it out there, or go over to Podkiss where you can read it on or listen to it on their feed. Uh, hopefully we'll do some more episodes if there's enough demand for it, um, because otherwise it's a hell of a lot of work um, mm. if people aren't gonna check it out or listen to the the whole thing and you know do give us your feedback on it as we do want to know what you want to hear if we do the rest of the episodes gene is written um hopefully we'll record that soon uh, but the other ones are kind of in sketch mode uh pending feedback also uh, it'd be remiss not to mention kiss my collectibles and their very special edition of space invader Which is going to be coming out It's absolutely staggering uh, What these guys have put together Fifth anniversary edition of um, the album Exclusive to Kiss My Wax And uh, it looks like it's multicolored vinyl it's got the original artwork, not obscured by the logos and whatnot. It comes in a slip sleeve. It's going to be signed, come with a poster, uh, lyric photo book. You know, go over to Kiss My Collectibles on YouTube or on Facebook and check it out. Because, again, this is the sort of collectible stuff that fans have wanted, have been after. And, of course, celebrating anything that anyone's putting out recently from the band music-wise can only mean that more projects get done Um, so you know, congratulations to those guys also check out the last episode of Kiss My Wax which of course recapped their visit to Mm -hmm. Los Angeles to get Nicholas's uh, book signed with uh, fantastic episode very cool stuff but for now that's it from uh, Kiss Every Q Podcast so from Lonnie, from Mark, from Ken and myself thank you for listening or watching and we will see you next time I hate (laughs) you (laughs) Ken (laughs)